podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new venture from Fantasy Football Scout, the home of fantasy football. 8pm on Thursdays, we're going to do spaces to ask questions of someone much better at fantasy football than I am. Um, if you you if you follow Scout, if you're here, you probably know what Scout is, but we are uh, the original and best fantasy football site in the world. Set up in 2007, we've been the home of fantasy football ever since, and I'm very, very happy. By the way, my name's Ed, I'm your host for these things, but today I'm not important. The important person is my guest. I have FPL General, the legend. His name is Mark, by the way, if you didn't know. He's not actually an army general, I don't think. Maybe he'll, he'll uh, tell us he is. Hello, Mark, how are you? Good to be here, Ed. Thanks for thanks for the invite. As I was saying, this is my first appearance on a on a spaces, so hopefully this all goes smoothly. I've listened I've listened in a few times, been kind of in the background, but it's good to actually pop my cherry. So so thanks for thanks for getting me on. Yeah, no, no problem. Thank you very much for being here. Uh, a lot of people want your advice. People are requesting to join already to ask you questions. That's absolutely fine. We're going to do that in a minute, but I've got some initial questions. Just for myself, I'm not very good at fantasy football. I know I, I run Fantasy Football Scout, but I, uh, I, I, I'm not brilliant at the game. I'm trying to get better. So I've got a couple of questions. Is that all right, Mark, if I throw a couple your way? Yeah, go ahead. And hopefully hopefully by the end of the season, Ed, we'll have you up to shape as, a, as an FPL manager. If I beat you, uh, Mark, then I'm, that's, that's all I'm aiming for. If I beat you, I, I'm going to retire from life. So yeah, if you, if you beat me, I'm going to also retire from the game. <laughs> Great. OK, so first of all, first, first of all, question, right? So obviously, FPL is kind of coming back now. Everyone's getting back into it, registering their teams. There's something like two million teams nearly already registered. Do you enjoy the break in the summer or do you miss FPL? I definitely enjoy the break. I think as a, when you're a content creator, a season is a long one, especially when you've got a, a World Cup in between. It's a, it can become a slog. I tend to find I had a had a wall around, you know, March April time. I'm looking forward to the season finishing, looking forward to a break, and I do I do give me you know give me a couple of weeks off. I'm kind of craving. I get those FPL cravings again as most of us do. But yeah, certainly at the moment, you know, with the young kid and stuff, really really enjoying this break. The season still feels like a lifetime away. Feels like the game's been live for quite a while, but it probably is you know just over a week at this stage. But absolutely enjoy the break. What I would say I miss more than FPL is just football on the telly um you know i think that's what got me into fpl in the first place back in the day and yeah. it feels like a very long summer without any you know major summer tournaments and stuff like that uh well women's world cup starting shortly i'm going to be tuning in ireland are there for the first time so i'm looking forward to having you know some football back in the telly and then premier league you know it, it is you know four weeks away but that will roll around quickly so yes not missing fpl massively but certainly missing football on the box of course yeah and now it's all obviously coming cascading upon us all the the, the the fixtures and the prices and everything i mean how's your first draft looking you don't need to read it out or anything but what are your the, the big questions you've got at this point in pre-season yeah i think as i think as the days pass by i think i'm going to have more and more questions you know formation is kind of a big one that came into my mind and just in the last day or two initially i thought you know definitely three five two there's loads of midfielders but i think the more you look at it and the more you play around with it you know there's you know, viable four four two formations. I've seen a few people posting four five ones. There's there's quite a few different routes you can go. So I think formation will be a big question mark for me. Goalkeepers is completely up in the air. And then it's, you know, which which midfielders do you go for? We've got so many options. And another big one I think is Haaland's a definite, but who partners them up front in, in a front two? So there's still a lot to decide on over the next three or four weeks. Yeah, it's exciting, isn't it? I mean, I've got a few more questions. What I'm going to do is I'm going to say to everyone who's listening, there's, there's good, nearly, we're heading towards 100 people listening, which is brilliant. And um, if you want to ask a question of FPL General, Mark, then request and you will, we'll do our best to get through everyone. Okay, so this is a very fortunate opportunity we've all got to ask questions of a uh, FPL veteran. Um, so request and we'll let you in. But as people are requesting, let me ask you one more. Uh, any triple ups this season, or at the moment, are you thinking of any triple ups? That's a question I'm asking myself at the moment when I'm looking at my draft. Because Arsenal have got good fixtures. You could you could say Man United maybe a triple up. Man City. What do you think? In my current draft, which is which is basically just draft number two, I made a team when the game launched, and I didn't touch it until a day or two. I like to kind of go a week between drafts if I can, just let things ferment and, and see how my thoughts develop. In terms of triple ups, I think the only one I've got at the moment is Arsenal. 
looking at Gabriel. Gabriel in defence is very good price at five million. Saka is almost locked into my team. And then up front, I've I've replaced Nkunku from the first draft with Gabriel Jesus in my second draft. So there is an Arsenal triple up there. I could very well end up on a Manchester United triple up also. Currently have Luke Shaw and Bruno Fernandes. But if I do some jiggling, I, I quite fancy the Bruno Fernandes-Rashford double up. Yeah. I can't really decide okay. which option I want. And I think, I think the Bruno-Rashford double up will become more and more popular as we get closer to game week one. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned Nkunku there. He's one that I'm really, really... It, it, I always... When I when all the prices first come out, I have an immediate sort of, who do I want up front? And in my head, it's Harland, Kane and Kunku. Now, that's hard to get to, of course. But they're, they're the three that are immediately in my head, and I'll slowly probably get dragged towards some sort of template front three. But Nkunku is one that I played Fantasy Champions League last year, and he was he's just amazing. And I'm tempted to go with him. But also, it's the Chelsea factor. It's the new-to-the-league factor. It's should-we-wait factor. Anyway, less about me. We've got our first question, I think. FPL Buzz, unmute yourself. Uh, hello, how are you? Hello, guys. Yeah, all good. Um, basically, my team, where I am at the draft, I want to get your opinion on Brighton midfielders and... More particularly, Enciso, um, 5.5 million. It seems like an absolute bargain, but is it is it a defo to go with or is pre-season a big kind of, uh, you know, is that the way to look it, at? Litmus test, yeah. yeah. Mark, is it too good to be true? Enciso at 5.5. I'm finding the Brighton options in general quite tricky. Uh, no pun intended there. But even, I'm just, I've got the FPL website open in front of me. When you look at the Brighton midfielders, there must be about 15 options there. Now, most of them are 4.5 and 5 million options. But yeah. in my current draft, I've kind of naturally gravitated towards Matoma because I had him a lot of last season. I think he's a fantastic player. Yes, he tailed off a bit towards the end, but I've got a, a lot of faith in him to have another good season and then possibly move on to you know a bigger team the following year. So for me, Matoma is number one when it comes to Brighton midfielders. And CISO, I kind of, I'm kind of putting CISO and Evan Ferguson in the same bracket at this stage. I'm slightly yeah. concerned about their minutes. There's lots of options at Brighton. I can see a lot of rotation, especially when Europe kicks in. You know, we could see, you know, Ferguson and, and CISO, you know, the Premier League minutes could be managed. We should, could see them getting starts in Europe because they're pretty young. So that puts me off initially. So I'm kind of grabbing to it towards Matoma. I probably even prefer Pascal Gross and Solly March than in CISO, but, yeah. you know, I might have to you know, reevaluate that after three or four game weeks if Nciso is getting good good game time because there's no doubt he's a, he's a quality player uh, and could have uh, a big, does, big season. Mark, does McAllister leaving help Nciso? <laughs> to be honest, I don't know if that will have much of an impact. I mean, you could say maybe one less option for him to rotate with. But again, there's so many options. They've added a few players. You know, Dahoud's there. You've got the other guys, Buonante. There's some quality players, Sarmiento. You know, Deserby's got so many options, and yeah. I think the squad is certainly geared towards you know a European season where it could be frustrating for us FPL managers. Even someone like Matoma, you know, maybe he won't be as regular in terms of ninety minutes as he was last season. Okay, we're going to go next. Thank you very much for your question, FPL Buzz. You can request again if you want to come back on that, but I've got it. We're going to try and get through everyone. So, Mark Cram, what's your question, Mark? Nice to meet you. How are you? You have to unmute yourself. Yeah, there you go. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, sure. How are you? I'm good. Um, my first space too. And actually, FPL General, Mark, we have been messaging. I've asked you so many questions in the last few years. We've interacted uh, a huge Mark, amount through your pods. That Mark, he always talks about in our group chat. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no joke, of course. Go on, Mark. What's your question? But lovely to speak to you, Mark. Um, so on, on the last episode of the podcast, uh, you mentioned that Trent was essential, and I'm seeing it in every single him in every single draft on Twitter. I don't have Trent. Um, I've gone to, for five fairly heavy-hitting midfielders in Bruno, Saka, Son, Foden and Madison in my current draft. And I just don't see the value in going for Trent at 8 million where you don't get the same 5 million, five, 5 million midfielders as you do for 5 million defenders. So, Mark, as you said that he's essential, sell him to me. Yeah, Mark, good to chat to you. Good to hear your voice rather than reading the questions for the podcast. Thanks for thanks for always sending them in. You're, you're, you definitely won the award for most questions asked ever on, on the 59th minute so thanks for that in terms of Trent Alexander-Arnold like I said I've only made two drafts I think I did say Trent was essential or at least very close to essential alongside Haaland in my game one team I'm basically afraid to make a draft without Trent because I feel like 
I'll probably like it once I kind of pump a bit more cash in the midfield instead of having Trent. I'm not overly keen on Mbumo. Don't like Mbumo as much as other people do. I don't really want to go for two 6.5 million midfielders in Mbumo and Matoma. So it, I really should make a draft without Trent, and I'm sure I will at some point over the next week or two. But he was one of the first names I picked when the game was launched. I didn't mind the price rise. I've got so much faith in the player. When it comes down to it, I don't like sitting watching games without a player that I rate extremely highly, both as a footballer and as an FPL prospect. It makes me think of Cancelo when he was on fire at Manchester City. I remember sold him for a couple of weeks and could barely sit down to watch a Man City game. And I feel like if I start the season without Trent, it'll be the same. I'll be I'll be avoiding the Liverpool games because of how good he is. But I think I did say he was close to essential in the first podcast, but... I think it would be silly of me not to make a draft over the next couple of weeks without him and see how it feels. Because again, it comes back to all those midfielders. There's so many good options and obviously a huge price saving if you don't go with Trent. I think my concern, if you don't start with him, kind of tricky to get there. If he, you know, Let's say he has a really good game week one, then you might think, right, that was a mistake. I want to get him for Bournemouth game week two. How do you get there if you don't have cash in the bank? So I think at this stage, I'm probably about 75% in favour of starting with him. Brilliant. Thanks, Mark. That's great. And if, if you know, if you do uh, um, end up without Trent, then it's Mark Cram's, uh, you know, idea. So you can thank him. Exactly. Um, just to say, just a little pause there. Mark Cram, we will come back to you. I know you've requested again. We're going to try and get through some more questions. We will come back to you. Um, just to say that we've broken 100 people listening. Thank you very much. Please do retweet the Spaces link. So the link that you click to listen, retweet that to get as many people listening as possible. That would be really helpful to us. Um, we'd love more people to have the chance to ask Mark a question, FPL General. Uh, let's go to FPL Thinker. I uh, Go for it. Yeah. Un- unmute yourself and ask a question. How are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm good. Good uh, Ed, Good to see you in spaces. Uh, Thank you very been, much. Uh, yeah, and, and good to see Mark also. So, Thank uh, you. Yeah, I've been following Mark for uh, quite a long time and he's one of the most consistent FPL managers as his record speaks. Top one uh, k and top ten k finishes, yeah, and and he also makes most means not to uh, discredit, but most safe moves and best transfers. Uh, so, just Mark, I wanted to know a theoretical question. Let's say you are targeting to win FPL, so what changes would you bring to your game or or any person's game who has a top five k or a one k finish to so which will enable him to get to that first mark. Yeah, good question. Um, and thanks for tuning into the spaces. It's it's something I've often thought about. You know, it's I've been very consistent in terms of, you know, top 50Ks, top 10Ks and all the rest. But, you know, to get to those upper echelons of a top 500, top 100, and as you say, what do you need to do to win the game? And I think the more seasons I play this, I realise how much luck you need to get to that, those really, really high levels. And I I guess I don't really go into a season to win FPL because I know how, you know, there's probably more chance of me winning the lottery than 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 winning FPL. But I think the way I approach it is try and set myself up to just have as good a season as possible, maybe until around game week 30, game week 32. And if you get to that point and you're a top 10K, top 5K, top 1K, that's maybe when I might deviate from my very safe, very boring approach. Um, because for me, you know, number one is just to have a good season. Um you know, well, more so not to, not to have a bad season. So that is why I tend to play very safely. Um, and, you know, maybe maybe I should be more more adventurous, more aggressive. But when I've got a style of play that tends to be quite steady and quite consistent, it's very hard to move away from that, you know, especially when I've played the game for about, you know, 20 years now, you know, seriously for at least 10 um, with good with good results, it's it's very hard to deviate and be you know play to win rather than play for a you know a really good finish. So, I think for me, there's 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 a lot of luck involved to get to get to number one if you want to win it. But like I said, if you can just play, I like the approach of just playing maybe the first thirty game weeks to you know you know slow and steady, and then if you're lucky enough to be in a, in a at a good rank at that point. That's possibly when you can be a bit more aggressive when it comes to you know second wild cards and stuff like that, or or maybe something different with your with your triple captainship. So yeah, it's it's something I probably need to think about a bit more if I wanted to give a better answer on that. But um, yeah, you're probably not going to see me do anything too exciting this season. No, that's that's a, that's a great answer. I mean, you talk about you know obviously the the, the question there was about your luck, uh, not your luck, your consistency. And just so you know, the people, the person who won FPL last year, Ali FPL Guns. 
is is writing exclusive exclusively for Scout this year. And do you know where he Mark, do you know where he finished last year? He finished first this year. Do you know where he finished last year? About two hundred. Yeah, something crazy like that. Yeah. So I mean, God blimey, what a what a record that is, even if it's only two years. Incredible. So yeah. I mean, consistent managers are great. I am all over the place. I'm glad you're here. Uh let's take a question from Manprit or FPL Junkie. FPL Junkie, ask your question. How are you? I'm first? good, buddy. Um, how are you doing, Ben? Ben, Ed, 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 I'm Ed, he's Mark. Don't worry. Sorry. Nobody cares about me. No, as long as Ed, you get okay, Mark's okay, name okay. right, we're I fine. Now. Actually, I was chatting with another friend yeah. called Ben, so apologies for that. Hey, Mark. Yeah, um, I had a question. Uh, my question was, uh, is it worth getting Salah over Trent? And uh, because if most people are going with Trent, and uh, Salah could be differential if we do that. And the other question is, is there any point... Um, investing in the six million forwards like DCL and Ferguson? Yeah, well, hi, man. Mark, I'll back that that, Cal- that Calvert-Lewin question. I love that. So I'll ask that, but also do that because I'm thinking of Calvert-Lewin. Yeah, uh, thanks for the question, Manfred. It's, um, I, like I said, I've only made two drafts so far. Mohamed Salah hasn't been in any of them, but I don't feel completely comfortable about doing that. I mean, he's been... Absolutely incredible for the last four or five seasons. Been a very reliable captaincy candidate. And it's everyone's talking about this Game Week 2 fixture at home to Bournemouth. You know, he's a very good captaincy candidate for that one when Haaland plays Newcastle. So, again, like Trent, I haven't made a team without Trent yet. I haven't made a team with Salah, but I will be making a couple of drafts with him. You know, in particular, when I do drop Trent out of the team, there's going to be some extra cash there. There could be a possibly, you know, 2.5 million extra to do some upgrades in midfield. And I will play around with a Haaland and Salah draft to see what it feels like. But I think, again, most likely, given how many good value midfielders there are at other teams, you know, Saka, Rashford, Bruno, even players like Madison. I think Jared Bowen's made it into my latest draft. I'm not seeing him in too many places. Again, might not make the cut. Youngman's son. I find it quite hard to justify the, the outlay for Salah, given the price of some of the alternatives who could match him you know, over the course of the season for, for, you know, two, three million less. So Salah, not going to rule him out just yet, but I do need to play around and see what it feels like. But I think, gut feeling at the moment, it's going to be Trent and Haaland's and no Salah. Mark, can I ask you, what's changed with Salah? Because every, the last four years, or one more, it's been, you got to start with Salah. If you don't start with Salah, you're a moron. And now it seems to be that, you know, the most owned midfielder, I'm just on the website now, is what? Saka. Then Rashford, then Matoma, then Salah's fifth. What's changed? Because he did have a good season last season in terms of points. I know it wasn't his top levels, but what is it? Is it the is it the existence of Haaland at that premium bracket? You just can't fit him in anymore? Is it Liverpool not doing so well? What is it? It's definitely it's definitely the emergence of, of Mr. Haaland. I think I'm not ready to take the FPL King crown from Salah just yet, but Haaland's first season you know, was absolutely incredible. And, you know, before Haaland joined the league, when the FPL website launched each season, you know, it was very easy. You just go and you pick Salah first and you pick the rest. But now you go in and you pick Haaland and you pick the rest. So do you know, you do you know that, what percentage Haaland's at right now? Try and guess. It's probably about 85% or something like that. Oh, this is why we've got the man. It's 85.5. I can't believe you were 0.5% out. Unbelievable. That's, Sorry, that's, carry on. That's disappointing. That's disappointing. <laughs> the... Yeah, so it's 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 Haaland's kind of changed the game. He's changed the landscape. He's the must-have number one pick now, and it's very hard to make your second pick a twelve point five million option. You know, it's a massive chunk of your budget on two players, and I think with Salah as well, he, you know, I'm looking at his history here. That's six incredible seasons at Liverpool, but you know, how much more does he have in him as in, as well? You know, it, you know, it, will there be a decline soon? Was last season the start of that decline? Uh, you know, very dangerous thing to say because it is Mohamed Salah and I've still got a lot of faith in him but I'm looking at his ownership as well just 26.1% so I mean for people who like to go against a template and go you know pick low ownership players you know you could do a lot worse than picking a 26% owned Mohamed Salah and you know if Haaland does start quietly or you know gets a few six pointers instead of you know 15 pointers and Salah does start hot and Liverpool start hot you could be off to a flyer and, and it could be the you know, the Haaland captainers who are who are chasing your tail to begin with. But yeah, I think Haaland has certainly changed the game. Yeah, 
Amazing. Um, great answer. Thank you. Uh, thanks for the question. Uh, let's go to Easy now. Robbie to E. How, how are you, mate? Hello, lads. You're okay? Yeah, no, I'm not bad. Uh, Good, just, mate, a quick, just a quick one. I'm looking for um, some gems, really, from the, the teams that have been promoted. Oh, does anyone know you, any? Yeah. Some gems from the teams promoted. Go for it, Mark. Put, I hope talk, about, talk about putting a man on the spot. I know. Uh, <laughs> you know what it is? Do you know what it is this season with promoted teams? You know, most seasons I will do, you know, content on the podcast or some written content about the promoted teams. I'll go away and I'll look at last season's, you know, information, the stats and all that kind of stuff. Maybe chat to a few season ticket holders and stuff like that. But I think last season and this season more so than ever, because of the way FPL priced the players. I feel like we don't need to go that low in, you know, the Premier League table, um, you know, the newly promoted teams. I don't think we need to go shopping there because there's bargain prices at, you know, the bigger teams. It's not hard to pick a very good 15-man squad from teams in the top, you know, seven, eight teams in the league from last season. So I wouldn't really, I'm probably for the first time ever, I'm completely ignoring the promoted teams. I'm not looking at the numbers from last season. I'm not talking to any season ticket holders. The only thing I am keeping an eye out for is the four million options. And we seem to have one from each team. We've got Bayer at Burnley, Baldock at Sheffield United, and who's the third one? He also starts with B. We've got Bell at Luton, the three, the three Bs. So three those Bs. guys lovely. Three Bs. I think I think Bayer at Burnley is my preference. Now he's in my, my current draft. But, you know, not even as a first sub. I like him as a second sub. Yeah. I've seen a few teams going for, you know, two four million defenders on the bench. That's something I don't tend to do. But again, I probably will make a draft or two with it just to see how it feels. Um, you know, I think nowadays we don't get too many auto subs anyway. So I think it probably is a viable strategy. Yeah. So, yeah, I would spend your cash on the better teams and probably stick to the four million options if you're looking at the promoted sides. Yeah, just to add to that as well, um, you know, there's an article on the Scout website called Best 4.5 Million FPL Midfielders. It's completely free. It's not behind a paywall or anything. So go on that. And, and we've got our editor, Neil, who is a uh, genius. He is a genius, uh, has, has has done the research for you. So go and look at that and that will be really helpful. Let's go to Shanoisy. Hello. My name is Shanoisy. Well, comes to Fest. In fact, your profile picture is from Fest. Is that, is that, that is correct? correct. Yes. I can tell. How are you, mate? Yeah, right? well, thank you. Nice to uh, have Good. these regular Thursday evening sessions. Thank you. Um, yeah, that's okay. Hi, Mark. Um, uh, I enjoy listening to your podcast, Mark. Always good. And one of the things that you tend to do at the start of the season, you sort of list out some rules that you're going to sort of play by or try to adhere to lessons learned from last time. I, I, I'm not sure if you've done that already, um, but one of the things I'm hearing is about this season being classed as a normal FPL season. And I've never... The aliens haven't invaded yet, Shinoisy. That's happening in about... Is it? Okay, fine. Fine, we can wait for that. I look forward to that. I, I've i only been playing for a, few, for a couple of years, so I don't know what a normal season brings. So are there any guide, guidelines or rules or anything that you can just help some of us new FPL players, relatively speaking, on what a normal season is compared with maybe some of the things that have happened in the last couple of years. What does it actually mean and how does it change your game over the 38 weeks? Hi, it's noisy. Uh, good chat. Yeah, good to hear you enjoy the podcast as well. New episode tomorrow, so keep an eye out for that. The Yeah, I guess I'm sure you're not the only person tuning in who is you know relatively new to the game, even if you've only played for the last three or four seasons. Yeah. I think what you'll hear content creators referring to is the last normal season was probably 2018, 2019, because after that we had COVID interruptions, all the rest, uh, monarchs dying and, you know, fixture disruption. Um, A normal season is, you know, obviously a lot less double game weeks. We know kind of early on where where they're going to be. You'll have people just hoarding their chips for those. Um, But I guess more so a normal season is... For me, anyway, you can plan it. You can plan a lot more. Um, I think in the last few years, especially in the COVID seasons, it was an absolute nightmare. You, you almost had to play week to week. You couldn't do any, you know, four to six to eight week planning in terms of transfers and stuff like that, because you just didn't know what was going to happen. You didn't know which games were actually going to go ahead. So, 
a normal season brings a bit more kind of structure. We kind of know exactly what's going to happen. We can kind of pinpoint, say, you know, five week, five game weeks time. I'm going to target that player because he plays for this team because they've got you know their fixtures turn in their favour and stuff like that. In terms of, and thanks for reminding me about the kind of the golden rules and stuff. I I don't think I did that last season, but I did it probably for two or three seasons before that. And I'm definitely going to go back and do that, and I'll cover that on one of the podcasts before before the season starts. I kind of what I used to do is just. Um, print out an A4 sheet of paper with bullet points, basically my overall kind of golden rules slash strategy for the season. And I would stick it in my office beside the laptop where I make all of my appeal decisions. And then when it came to a Friday, I would literally, before I pull the trigger on a transfer, look at the A4 sheet of paper, you know, and does my transfer kind of add up to those kind of things? I need to try and, um, you know, maybe after this podcast, I will have a look on Twitter because I'm pretty sure I probably shared a golden strategy A4 sheet on Twitter at one point. So I'll go back and I'll retweet that. So try and keep an eye out for that later as well. Um, but it's certainly something I find it's a really good idea because at this stage of the season, we've all got thoughts going around our mind about how we want to play the game. You know, for example, in my mind, I'm thinking I want to play with a 4.5 goalkeeper all season. So getting that down on paper and kind of going back to it every time I play a, you know, a wild card or a free hit or whatever, um, it's just good to have a reference point because in, in a when the season kicks off, we all get swept along by the roller coaster. We forget what we plan to do before the season started. So it's good to kind of have a little, you know, little list of golden rules or, or how you want to play the game. Um, try to think in terms of you know, the rest of your question was about a normal season and how does that change my style of play. Um, I kind of I just go back to my kind of natural style of you know being very very patient, rolling a transfer as often as possible to get that extra week of information and a bit of flexibility the week after. Um, but again, let me dig out that sheet of golden rules from before and I'll share it on Twitter hopefully after this after this spaces. That's great. Thanks, Mark. Um, just to say as well, um, there's loads of you joining. Thank you. Feel free to uh, request if you want to ask Mark a question. You just It's really easy on Spaces if you've never done it. I think you just click request. I'll let you in. But we've got someone back, Mark, who asked you a question earlier, and he feels you didn't answer it properly. Man, FPL junkie, go on. I was waiting for him to come back about Calvert-Lewin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, here it is. Thanks, Ed, for letting me back in. And um, no pressure, General. Just if you have any opinions on 6 million forwards. I would love to hear them. I very, I very cleverly bought myself some time to think about this one. <laughs> you, did, so, you did well. You did well. well I, I was that, a master good, at work yeah. there. Because I'm looking at DCL yeah. Ferguson, you know, Visa. I mean, is this is it worth going there, or do we still with stick with an eight million forward for that price point? That's what I wanted to check. Yeah, good question. I'm sure a lot of people are thinking about this. Um, I put a. I put my first watch list together today for the season. For game week one, um, there's no goalkeepers on it. I think there's 40 players across the three positions. And there's only one six million striker, as far as I can remember. And it's Calvert-Lewin. Basically, want to keep a very close eye on him pre-season. And it's, it's not about how he's performing. It's purely fitness. Because if Calvert-Lewin is fit, we know there's a quality player there. And yes, it might be slightly concerning to go there. There could be an injury. Game week two, game week three, game week four. Who knows? He might pull up with a hamstring in game week one. But I think at six million, it's worth a gamble if we see some decent minutes and decent fitness in pre-season. Um, for me, he's the pick at the moment of the six million forwards. Ferguson, like I said earlier, kind of same as in CISO with Brighton playing in Europe. I'm, I'm concerned there'll be minutes managed, rotated, loads of options. Deserby's not afraid to rotate. And CISO and Ferguson are young, so... You know, I'm Irish. Uh, I've been watching Ferguson very closely. Um, we're pinning a lot of our hopes on him for the next couple of years. But at the same time, I hope Deserby's careful with him and he, and he doesn't overplay him. So for that reason, Calvert-Lewin at the moment is the head of Ferguson for me. And Wissa, seeing quite a few people talk about Wissa as well. But I just think if I go for a Bournemouth attacker, it probably will be Mbumo. Um, you know, probably penalties, 18 attack returns last season. This could be Wissa's breakout with, with no Tony there. Uh, I know Shad is an option as well. But yeah, at the moment, I'd probably say Calvary number one, Ferguson a close second, and then Wissa's down the pecking order for me. That's great. Thanks, Mark. Jack, we've got a question from Jack, who's got a charming profile picture of him with his middle finger up. So there you go. Hope that's not us. Yeah. Go on, Jack. How are you? How are you guys? So oh, my, question, my question is, why is everyone uh, preferring uh, a 4.5 goalkeepers right now? 
why is everyone preferring the 4.5 goalkeepers? Yeah. Good yeah, good question. Good question, Jack. I think historically in FPL, you know, when it comes to the end of a season and you look at the, the points totals for goalkeepers, there's never a huge amount of points in it. And we've, we've definitely had occasions in the past where the 4.5 goalkeepers match or often outscore the premium goalkeepers. And I think for me, when it comes down to it, um, for example, a 4.5 goalkeeper like Pickford versus Ederson at 5.5, 1 million, a 1 million saving can go an awful long way in your outfield players, you know, that, that can be two upgrades. You know, it can be a Bruno to a Rashford, which I'd like to do. It could be, you know, a 5 million defender up to a 5.5 option. So it's very, historically, 4.5 goalkeepers have tended to be very good value. If you can get the right one, and you, I mean, you don't need to get the right one to begin with. You can kind of get in a Pickford or someone like that as a placeholder. Then hopefully after, you know, four, five, six game weeks or whenever we play the first wild card, it will be clear who the best 4.5 option is. You know, we've had Emmy Martinez before, Nick Pope when he was 4.5 at Burnley, Tom Heaton, you know, there's been a lot of good options, you know, even Kepa and David Raya last season. So there will be 4.5 options who emerge, who rack up a lot of saves, a lot of bonus points, and you just save, you know, 0.5 or 1 million, you spend it, you spend it on your midfielders or your attackers. So it's kind of been a, and, and it's not a case of, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a fan of buying two 4.5 million goalkeepers. I think you spend, you spend the minimum. You get a 4.5 set and forget. You play them every week, and then you put a 4.0 on the bench that you never use. Because what I've always found with rotation, when I've tried it in the past, it's very hard to get it right, and it brings a lot of frustration. You know, you could start your, your one of your 4.5s could be on the bench with a 10 pointer with a tougher fixture, and the other guy gets two points, and you start him. So FPL is an extremely frustrating game. And I try to take as much frustration out of it as possible. And one way to do that is is not to have two 4.5 million goalkeepers. Could I ask specifically, Mark, about Pickford? Because Pickford seems to be the 4.5 that people are considering. Sean Dyche could play seven at the back. He could get grind out these nil-nils. Are Everton going to become a defensive force or not? I think Pickford's a good example of... Um, if you spend too much time on Twitter, like I do, it's like a automatic Twitter bubble pick when I put my first draft together. Uh, I don't think he's in my second one. I think it's Johnston from Crystal Palace. But basically, I think the goalkeeper position will probably be the last one that I finalise. There's a lot up in the air. You know, Onana could be tempted if he's a good price if he comes in. We're waiting to see. We're waiting for David Raya to leave Brentford because I think Flecken will be very popular if that happens. Uh, Pickford's... It's probably more about Sean Dice than it is about Jordan Pickford because we know what he did with Tom Heaton and Nick Pope in his Burnley days. We know they're kind of well set for saves, you know, from long distance and stuff like that. So I think Pickford could be the best 4.5 option. That's not to say, you know, I'll go there in game week one. Um, and I, honestly, I don't think goalkeepers, especially the 4.5 options, I don't think it's worth stressing over too much game week one because it's almost impossible to pinpoint who's going to be the best one. Uh, you probably got to give it a couple of weeks, have a placeholder there, and then make a switch or else on the, on the first wild card. Okay, just to, just to tell uh, Jack. Uh, Jack, are you there? Do you want to come back on that, Jack? My next question... No problem, Jack. No problem, Jack. My next question is... Uh, so, the four... Sorry, I had to get rid of Jack because it was far too much uh, feedback. FPL Buzz is a great name to go to next because that was Buzz from Jack's uh, speaker. J- uh, Buzz, come uh, on. What was the question? Yeah, hi guys. Thanks for the answer on and see. So I've actually taken him out of my draft now, thanks to the advice there. But um, also, I want to talk about Chelsea defenders because I'm having a similar problem, really. Is it Chilwell James? I've seen a lot of drafts. Um, on YouTube, other places on Twitter as well. Chilwell and James seem to be the go-to, but there's a host of defenders at 4.5. We've got Badia Shile, Chalaber, Cole Will, Fafana, um, Saar. I think there's a couple more in there as well. Are they ones to avoid, or is it just purely Chilwell James are the best two options to go with up for Chelsea? Because after game week two, they're fixtures are probably the best out of all 20 teams I'd say so I don't get your opinions really on is it Chilwell James or none at all uh, yeah good Mark, question yeah question Mark, I was going to say I just to add to that I heard uh, a rumour today that who's going to be on Chelsea penalties is it going to be Nkunku or is it going to be Reese James so there's oh, another yeah. thing to consider yeah. but go for it 
Yeah, I think we're uh, I think we're all hoping that Reese James gets them, but we're probably living in hope there more than anything else. I know there was comments last season that he might have been second in line or something like that, but I think my money probably would be on Nkunku if he's on the pitch. But again, hopefully, hopefully Reese James can get them because if he does, then maybe we don't need a Trent Alexander Arnold if we've got a penalty taken Reese James. But I also seen today that Reese James was having, I think, a precautionary scan. Now people are panicking, but it does seem to be precautionary, probably just checking everything's okay. But again, straight away, there's a warning sign for me. Scars from the past. He's often injured. And um, Buzz mentioned all the 4.5 options there. If you go even further down, you've got Malo Gusto. He's only 4 million. That could be a mistake. They probably should have made him 4.5. Gusto could be the Reese James replacement when he does get injured or he does need you know time out uh, to manage his fitness and stuff like that. So in terms of the question, for me, if... I start with a Chelsea defender. It will be Rhys James or Ben Chilwell. I just think they've got the most attacking potential. They've got a lot of FPL pedigree. The 4.5 options, we just don't know who Pochettino is going to use. Uh, but once one of those emerges, you know, let's say Colwell stays at Chelsea, becomes first choice, a lot of people will go there. It kind of reminds me of Kepa last season. We knew once he got his place... At 4.5, everybody went there after the World Cup, or most people went there after the World Cup. And I think if, you know, once we give Chelsea a couple of weeks, when it comes to first wildcard, you'll see a lot of managers picking whichever 4.5 defender is getting the most minutes, whether it be, you know, Barry Sheila, Colwell, there's loads for Fana, you know, it could be anyone. Or even when it gets to first wildcard time, if Reese James does have a, you know, a long term injury, and if Malagusto is getting the right back slot, which is likely. At four million, he'll become you know a must-have in, in every team. So at the moment, I don't have any Chelsea players in my draft number two. I did have Nkunku in the first one. Um, I'll probably get tempted by James and Chilwell probably three or four days before the season starts. But most likely, I'll take a wait-and-see approach probably with Chelsea. Just see how they start the season, see who's getting the minutes. You know that goes for the likes of Sterling and Mudrick and all those guys as well. And and then then decide where the, where the best place to invest is, basically. Great. Thanks, Mark. Uh, just going to take one minute of your time to talk about Scout. You should. This is the best time to join Scout if you never have. Um, we've got a world-leading pre-season package that includes things like uh, a minutes tracker and all sorts. So there's a tweet that I've put up at the top there. If you click that, there's a link to get 30% off in pre-season. And I thought I'd ask Mark, this is only going to be 30 seconds to a minute because we don't want to make this an ad thing. It's a free bit of content, but... Mark, how have you benefited from Scout membership over the years? Because I know that you've been a member for years, right? Yeah, I've been I've been using Scout for as long as I can remember. If you go to if you go to my Twitter account, I think there's 400. I follow 400 people. I set up my account in 2015, and the first account shows up as Fantasy Football Scout. So there's evidence that I've been a Scout fan from day one, and it was the first. Probably one of the reasons I signed up to Twitter was to follow Scout people like Ben Dennery and all that kind of stuff. So Scout for me. What I've used it most for, whenever I... Fixtures are king for me. So when it comes to building a game at one team, fixtures are number one. And creature of habit, I've always used the, the scout fixture ticker. While I'm there, the stats section, the opto stats. And I like I like being able to make my own stats tables, custom stats tables. So those are probably the two main things I use. And then you've also got the the comparison tool. So if I'm 50-50 on a player, a little, little comparison tool kind of use use that to, to to come up with my decision and at this stage of the season as well when I am putting together the elite 64 leagues and I'm looking for talented FPL managers with incredible records the Fantasy Football Scout Hall of Fame is somewhere where I go as well to pick out a few guys send them a few messages and and add them to the league so yeah I'm I've been a scout member for years I highly recommend it if you're not already using it Thanks. I'm pretty sure I'll be in the Elite 64 next year. So that's great. <laughs> yeah, keep trying. Keep trying. I will. I will. I will. And Nuclear Atoms. Hello, a, a scout. <clears throat> scout regular, scout favourite. What's your question? How are you? Hey, uh, my question was not about actually my team, but actually about Mark. And it's that, uh, why can't you like play differently for one season? Like you have many seasons ahead of you. Like football managers like change tactics to revolutionize and stuff and improve. So what about why not FPL managers actually change their tactics and go ahead and win the damn thing, actually? Oh, okay. A bit of a challenge there, Mark. Why don't you try and win it? Come on, Mark. Pathetic. Go for it. That's the best. That's the best question of the night so far. Thanks. Thanks for that, Nuclear Adams. If I'm being totally honest, it's probably just fear of having a having a shocker because 
I, I had a shocker probably, I think it was five seasons back. Uh, I had a shocker. I think I finished like 500K. Uh, and I, I remember being out of my comfort zone in that season and kind of getting talked into doing things that I don't usually do and it clearly didn't work. Um, and like I said, I think, you know, the chances of winning the whole thing are so, so tiny that... I don't want to rip up my whole strategy. Mark, to can I just team. say that Ali Guns, the winner of last year's, is listening to us right now? Well, we need to get him on here and get... He needs to tell me what I need to do this season. I know. Unbelievable, isn't it? But carry on, sorry. <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah, maybe it might... It doesn't sound great to say I'm not going to go and try and win the whole thing. I think, to be fair, you know, when when, when every one of us picks a Game Week 1 team, we're all thinking we're going to go and win it. Um and I also, I also think that, you know, if if I just had, you know, if you, if you can run hot and you can have a pretty lucky season, you probably could win it the way I play the game if you if you just get lucky with your picks and stuff like that. Because if you think of last season, I was 1.1 million at the World Cup and then I finished 15K. But if I just had a even a pretty standard first half of the season or, you know, if, if, if I could have matched my first half of the season with my second half of the season probably would have been wouldn't have been far away from a you know a top 1k or a top 500 so i think it is possible to win it with my play style but it probably means being a bit more aggressive towards the end of the season but uh yeah maybe i'm a coward for not trying to win it but i don't want to have a shocker because if I, I think if i go outside my comfort zone chances chances are it'll just blow up my face again good answer thanks for that let's get a question from riaz ahmed riaz hello how are you where are you from and what's your question? You might have to mute, unmute yourself. Yep. Uh, I'm Riaz. I'm from UK. So I live in Leamington in England. Brilliant. So my question is, what is going to be uh, the strategy which will be feasible f- for getting around um, 60 points on average for the first five to six weeks? So I'm thinking of a 3-5-2 or 3-4-3. I'm not a very experienced FPL player. I've played for five years and I've been all over the place and I've finished a top 1.5k once. It was a one-season wonder. Apart from that, I'm just terrible. So I I just want to uh, have a good start this season because I have never had a good start in FPL for a long time. So, yeah. Oh, great question. Thank you, Riaz. So first of all, how amazing that we've got someone who finished 1.5k, but they still say that they're rubbish and it was a fluke. I mean, you don't get that very often. So uh, yeah, thank you for that. Uh, um, Mark, what do you reckon? Yeah, cheers for the question, Riaz. I think very, very important in FPL, especially nowadays, is to have a good start because with so many people out there just copying content creators or, you know, using websites basically the picture teams for them if you fall behind it's tougher than ever to make up the ground because you're kind of sometimes you're forced to go you know with differentials that you don't really want to pick but you don't think they're optimal and you can just you know dig yourself a bigger hole so very very important to get off to a good start i always just keep it simple in game week one for me number one fixtures you know i probably look at the first four game weeks which teams have the best fixtures and that's where that's my starting point I put in the obvious ones, you know, Haaland goes in, Haaland gets captain most weeks, Trent's probably going to go in. And it's, yeah, fixtures mainly and proven assets. You know, I would stick to guys who've been in FPL before, who've done well in FPL before, you know, avoid the promoted teams, you know, focus on the teams towards the top of the league. Basically get as many, you know, players from the top teams from last season as you can. And yeah, don't... I would say don't try and be different just for the sake of being different. Just start. I always think of FPL as a marathon. And what what do what does what do most people do at the start of a marathon? They they start off they start off slowly. Um, you know, they start off jogging very very at the slowly. Start of a marathon. I usually start by crying. But Gary, I'm- yeah, yeah. So uh, you don't want to be crying like Ed after a couple of game weeks. You know, so don't go. You know, I would say don't. I don't tend to bother with player ownership, but. I know some people like to use it as a gauge, as a maybe a safe start to the season. You can see which players are highly owned. You can see which players can hurt you if they do well. So if you want to just stay with the pack, you know, you can have a little look at ownership and stuff like that as well. But you know, certainly certainly just keep it, you know, focus on the fixtures, first three, four game weeks, proven assets, and don't take too many risks. Great answer. We're getting questions flooding in now. So Tommy Beans, what a great name. Lovely banner as well on your uh 
on your Twitter. What? How are you? Are you for any requests? I need to add you as a speaker. Okay, I'm adding you now, Tommy. Tommy's coming in. Tommy, how are you? And uh, what's your question? You'll need to unmute yourself. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you for that. Um, I hope you can all hear me okay. This is the first time I've ever used Spaces, and uh, it's very, very exciting. Um, Welcome. Thank you. Um, my question to you guys, to give you a little bit of background, I once again, I'm also a fairly newer player to this. Played for about three or four years. And a question that I have is not necessarily about the players that I'm bringing in, because I feel I do all right at that. It's about money management, especially at the start of the season. We have a lot of really good budget picks and I'm finding in my drafts, I often have sometimes 1.52 million sitting in the bank as kind of a liquid asset to be able to upgrade to, you know, take the step up to the next bracket of players if I need to. Crikey, you're sensible. Yeah, go on. Is this you're different to me. You're you're better than me, clearly. But go on. <laughs> um, I just wanted to ask, really, is this a viable strategy, or do I feel should I be spending my money on those premiums from the outset and then taking that little bit of a gamble to say, you know, have to do a double transfer further down the line? Yeah, th- thanks for the question, Tommy. First thing I'll say is any chance of a loan because I could do with uh, could do with some of that two million quid you've got sitting sitting by in the bank there. <laughs> But uh, yeah, good question on money management. Um, I think what I always say to people when they're building their squads, and it kind of goes for any point in the season, um, in particular game week one and when you're playing your wild cards, is if you come up with a 15-man team that you're extremely happy with, and there is money left over, you know you don't you don't spend it just for the sake of spending it because you know various different points in the season, you know, for example, game week one, you know the the highest scoring team in total in game week one. Will not probably not cost a hundred million. It might be ninety five million. It might be ninety million. That's kind of the way I think of it. You don't need to spend every penny, and it's quite for, one of the most frustrating things in FPL is when you get to game week two. If you don't have any cash in the bank, if you don't make a transfer early, which I don't like doing, and you get to Friday and you want to make a move for your target game week two, and you're you're already zero point one million short because someone's gone up or someone's gone down. So I think leaving. 0.5 million in the bank is advisable, uh, but there have been plenty of seasons where I've spent every penny in game week one because if I think the best team I can get costs 100 million, I'll spend it and I'll just figure out the other issues later. Um, but again, if you've if you've got 1.5 million or 2 million in the bank, it gives you a lot of flexibility. Um, you know, a lot of managers would probably answer this and tell you you should spend every penny and get it on the pitch, but I don't tend to agree with that because. There's always gems. There's always very good cheap options. You know, look at last season. We could have, you know, built teams for 95 million last season, 90 million even with all the Brighton guys, the Arsenal guys, and we would have did absolutely fine. So if you're very happy with a 15-man draft, if you like a bit of flexibility for future transfers, then by all means, leave some cash in the bank. Great answer. Thank you. Let's move to Vaughan. Vaughan Janssen. Janssen, how are you, Vaughan? Nice to have you. Hi. What's your question? I hope you can hear me well there. Yes. Okay. We can. My my question is: uh, Does um, pre-season friendlies ultimately? Uh, okay, I spoke too soon. We could not hear him very well. Uh, let's get Jack back in. Jack, hello. How are you, mate? I know you asked before. Your question was kind of answered. You're back again. What's your question? You'll have to unmute yourself. You're in. Jack? Yeah? Jack? You me? Sounds like the Titanic. Go on. <laughs> What's your question? <laughs> My question is, uh, with uh, Maris uh, likely leaving Manchester City, should we bring in Foden? Oh, that's a good question. I do like that one. I do like that one because Gianni today, I listened on Fantasy Football Scout, had Foden in his draft and I was thinking oh Foden's always on the bench but Gianni's point was maybe this is his year is it general is this Foden's year he's going to start all the games you'll never start all games under Pep is he going to get the majority of minutes every preseason, there there's a player that is in zero of my drafts until the day of the deadline and I feel like that player this season could be Phil Foden I don't think he'll be in too many of my drafts but if we get to Pep's press conference on the Friday of game week one, while I'm on the train, heading the fest, it will 
you know, if there's positive vibes, if it looks like Foden's going to start the first game or the first couple of games, if De Bruyne is injured, if Mahrez is gone at that point, who knows what's going to happen there. I really like a punt on, on Foden because, let's face it, City are the best team in the league. Everyone's going to have Haaland. Everyone's going to captain Haaland, so you don't benefit from that. You could take a gamble on a defender. I'm not sure if I'm, I'm willing to do that, but you know, someone like a Foden or a Grealish, but it is Foden in particular that tickles my fancy for game week one. I think his ownership, at a guess, is probably about 10%. If we get closer to the season, if he gets lots of preseason minutes, if he gets some good comments from Pep, I think there'll be a late scramble for him in, in game week one. Yeah, I've got Madison, I think, and Jared Bowen in my team at the moment, but I would love to have Foden in one of those spots. So certainly a wait and see preseason. Um, and I'm willing to gamble on one of those midfield spots. I love that. Love that. I, I've currently, and CISO and Foden are in my drafts, which uh, they've both come up tonight, but I'm a moron, so who knows? Um <laughs> Patrick is connecting. Patrick, hello. How are you? Uh, where are you from? And what's your question? Sounds a bit like blind. <laughs> a little it? bit. Where are you from? And what's your question? Yeah. Uh, so I'm from the United States. Uh, my question. Whereabouts? Yeah, uh, Wisconsin. It's a uh, nice. Yeah, no. I was in Boston last week for Fourth of July. Oh, nice. That must have been a lot of fun. Boston's a good city. Those, well, those bloody Brits. <laughs> Thank goodness we got rid of them. You know. Right. Anyway, go exactly. on. Go on, Patrick. What's your question? Yeah. So my question is. Um, yeah, I think Hyungman Son and James Madison are both really interesting aspects. Does their stock uh, go up or down if Harry Kane leaves Spurs? Oh, great question. Go on, Mark. Oh, another really, another toughie. Uh, good question, uh, Patrick. Uh, great, great talking to you. Thanks for the question. The, like I said, I've, I've only made two drafts. My first draft had Hyungman Son. My second draft had James Madison. So I'm, Quite keen on both players. Um, might not sure which one I'll end up on just yet, but there's a good chance I'll go for one of them. I'm kind of biased here because I'm a Celtic fan, big fan of Postacoglu. Hope he does well. So I quite like you know having one of those picks kind of for for my own reasons. It, are they better or worse picks if Harry Kane leaves? I would tend to say worse because I think Tottenham as a whole will be worse if you take out that incredibly talented player and when I think of Harry Kane I think of goals but I also think of all those balls you know he threads through for Hyungman's son how good their relationship's been over the years I think they might have set the record for goals and assists or combining with each other in one of those seasons so I if I'm going to go for Son or Madison in game week one I think I'll be more likely to do it if Harry Kane is still there because I think overall the team is better the attack's better and Kane doesn't just score goals, he creates goals. So I hope Youngman Son has his mate there this season. Uh, and I'm very excited to see what Madison adds to that team as well. So yeah, I think it's I think it's probably worse for those guys if Kane leaves. Although one of them probably gets penalties, which might boost some appeal there. Could I add to that question, uh, Mark, and just ask, Perisic leaving, is that good for Son? That might have been asked in the question. I was kind of doing all sorts of things, but but Perisic leaving, is that does that make a difference? I don't, I don't think it made too much of a difference. I think some people probably read into some stuff last season that maybe Perisic and Son on the same side didn't really work. So maybe that could, could be good news for Son. But to be honest, I don't read in too much into those kind of things. Um, for me, it's more so Son seems to have been carrying an injury all season, some kind of hernia issue, you know, fresh start, new manager. But the big one's a three million price drop. You know, this player is capable of mega points in FPL. So I feel like, you know, Rashford got a three million drop. We've seen what he did, and I'm hoping Youngman Son can be this season's Rashford in terms of the player who gets the big price drop and comes back with a bang. Great, thank you, Mark. Uh, let's take a question from Andrew. So, general, by the way, Mark has to go in five minutes at nine o'clock sharp. So, uh, let's get them in quickly. So, Andrew, what's your question? Uh, quick one, then, guys. Um, it's just about uh, strategies for differential. Um, do, you, do you do you try and target differential early? Or do you sort of wait and until we've sort of got up and running and you know half a dozen games under the belt? Yeah, where? Oh, good question. Good question. Yeah, can I can I say immediately my response is I've always gone for differentials at the start and it's never ever worked. So Mark, please enlighten us. Cheers for the question, Andrew. You're probably asking the wrong person about differentials because you'll very rarely see me buy one. Um, I play a very safe FPL game. You know, even last season. 
you know, had to fight back from 1.1 million at the World Cup stage. And there was a lot of temptation there, you know, with the unlimited transfers to pick up, you know, quite a few differentials and really attack it. But in the end, I just opted for the slow and steady, you know, snail approach, you know, just get green arrow after green arrow, even if they're small. And thankfully ended up having a, having a pretty good season in the end. So um, if I was a more aggressive, exciting manager, would I tend to do it at the start or the end? I tend to like the end more so. Um I know other managers will probably argue the start's better because we don't know what we don't know. And I guess the approach, if you do your differentials at the start and it doesn't work out, you've got plenty of time to claw it back. But I just like it when we've got more information, when you've seen the players, when you've seen the stats, when you know what you're getting. Um, I tend to rather do that towards the end of the season rather than at the start. But I don't think there's a wrong or right way to do it if you want to play that way. Um, I think there's opportunities to do it um, on both in both ways. Great, thank you for that. That's really good. Um, let's go for we've got Andy Mode here. Hello, I'll invite him as a speaker. Um, Andy, how are you? You're right. Hello, how's it going? For those who don't know Andy, Andy's Andy's a, Andy's a you know sizable FPL account. He would uh, he wouldn't call himself an influencer, but he uh, certainly influences me on a night out. So uh, <laughs> he also works for Scout and runs the Scoutcast. So Andy, how are you? And what is your question? I'm sure it's not for general; it's probably for me. So oh, probably it. yeah. No, I'm good. Thank you. thank you very much for uh, for putting me on. I got a bit of a question for Mark Shock Horror. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. right. <laughs> uh, my question is uh, about our team, obviously Manchester United. Uh, and I'm just wondering which players you are thinking you might start game week one with, because at the moment I'm on a triple up. Cheers, Andy. Good chat, Andy. I'm looking forward to meeting you in a couple of weeks' time as well for a beer or ten. I'm sure. Yeah. The Manchester the Football Fest. Get your tickets at www.ffdaftfest.com. Oh, I teed you up nicely there, didn't I? You did. Thanks. Carry on. Yeah, Manchester United assets. Um, I could end up on a triple up as well. I've currently got Luke Shaw who I think is still a good price this season at 5.5, just kind of nice steady Eddie, kind of suits my style of play rather than going for a James or a Chilwell. Bruno Fernandes, I know he was the first price that came out, but he, even though even though it was the first one, it really, I think, made a lot of us kind of piqued our interest right away. I know maybe not as much when you see some of the others, but I still think 8.5 is is a ridiculous price for Bruno Fernandes. One's cost 12 million, so you know, hopefully we'll get him back to his best this season. Hopefully Mason Mount coming in, will allow Bruno to get back to his FPL best. And then Rashford, I think Rashford, Bruno, Shaw, triple up is very likely for me because I like the fixtures to begin with. I like all of the prices. They're all proven assets. And if I can only squeeze one in midfield, I do slightly favour Rashford, just go after the goal scorer. Hopefully he can do what he did last season. But yeah, I'm probably in towards uh, the triple up at the moment, Shaw, Bruno and Rashford. Yeah, that's that's the three that I've got at the moment. So, uh, yeah, I feel like I'm in good company there. Lovely stuff. Great. Let's get what... Um, Mark, you wait around for one more question. Last question. Let's go, as long as it's a good one. Okay, well, Abu Bakr Abed, ask your question away. Mark is leaving after this. This is your moment. Go for it. Good evening, everyone. Good evening. Thank you for like offering this space because it's really important, I think. So my question is just probably probably it's heard before, but I don't think you know it's not it's no longer important because which uh, which is something like I've been suffering from for a while while playing the game. So sometimes when we like when we we don't get that you know that tally points in a single game week, we feel that we should change players and we feel that these players will not give. But we do it like, you know, we do it and then again the players we sold produced and the players we buy do not produce. So what do you think is the best like, you know, strategy to do with such a problem because it's really important to go on for? And thank you. Yeah, cheers, back. I think what you're saying there is um, you know, a player disappoints and you sell them right away and then you bring the guy in and he disappoints and the guy you sold gets the points and that's you know one of the most frustrating aspects of FPL but I mean the way I've always played I preach patience when I buy a player you know for example all the picks I make in game week one I'm not buying any of them for just one or two game weeks and you've got to you've got to give them more you know than one game week to deliver um, you know, especially if the eye test is decent or, you know, the underlying numbers are good. You know, if a player has good underlying numbers, but they get you two points in a game week, you know, 
you know, hold on to them because chances are they'll deliver, you know, soon after that. So, yeah, it's all about patience, yep. you know, give players plenty of time and don't jump off them too quickly. Brilliant. Thanks, Mark. Uh, Mark's going to go now. Everyone wave bye if they can. I'm waving. Goodbye, Mark. We'll Cheers, everyone. Really yeah, enjoyed that. Thank thanks you very for, much for that. Thanks for the engagement, everyone. No, that's great. Thank you. We will continue for another 10 minutes for the after party, maybe a bit longer, depending how on things go. If you've got a question, we've got no one to answer the questions. Who's good. I mean, Ali Guns has apparently got a question, which, you know, go wild. I think he's trying to wave, to be honest, because it's midnight there. I think we'll end it there, to be honest. But this is going to be a regular thing. Thursday at 8 p.m., you're going to get to ask a uh, expert your questions. Please do consider joining the Home of Fantasy Football, where all these experts work. We've got pro pundits like Gianni Baticci, Folk, FPL Focal, who's in the chat. The last year's winner, winner, FPL Guns in the chat. FPL General. We've got so many people. Andy Mode just asked a question. Have a great week. See you next Thursday. Who knows who it's going to be, but we'll tweet it soon. Thank you very much, everyone. <laughs>